Grenade, episode 273. I'm your host, Hector. Mind Grenade is a pop culture-based show that dives into TV, movies, music, comics, and a whole lot more. And we continue onward in Marvel's multiverse with episode four of the Disney Plus series, What If? So here I'll be getting into my reactions to the episode, What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands? And I was really excited when I found out this was going to be a Doctor Strange episode because the uh, Doctor Strange film is one of my favorite installments in the MCU series. And uh, so any time the character shows up, I I, I get uh, really interested. But before moving forward, let me just uh, say that I'll be speaking in detail about this particular episode. So if you're not caught up on uh, the uh, What If series, this is your spoiler warning. But if you are caught up, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll get into the uh, What If episode momentarily here. Uh, I just want to get everybody caught up uh, or, um, to where I'm at in the MCU. Uh, I watched Shang-Chi over the weekend and uh, just want to kind of uh, give my thoughts on that just real quick. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I would kind of rank it right up there with like Black Widow and uh captain marvel um kind of middle tier good but not great a lot of great characters a lot of great actors uh action uh interesting story the um (laughs) the expansion of the mcu uh is uh kind of interesting um you know with the uh, thor movies and the Doctor Strange movies, they try to explain uh, magic as like just technology that's so advanced it seems like magic. Uh, less so with the Doctor Strange stuff because that just doesn't get ex- a- a- explained as easily as the uh, Asgardian technology. Um, the Doctor Strange stuff seems more like it's manipulating um, reality uh, and dimension travel and all that stuff. So uh, that's a little bit harder to wrap your head around, uh, wrap your head around when you're trying to like, ground stuff in reality. With the uh, Shang-Chi uh, mythology, uh, there in the third act, it, it, it gets like right into like magic, I guess, or fantasy which is fine with me but it just seems they, they, they've tried so hard in the past mc movies to kind of like explain it away as just um technology that we don't understand um here they don't do that at all in the shang chi movie and, and it's not a complaint i'm not complaining with it i'm just saying it's interesting how the further we get into the marvel cinematic universe the less so they're that they're trying to the less that they're trying to explain away some of the more fantastical stuff. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I've enjoyed the last couple MCU installments, Black Widow and Shang-Chi. And um, I am looking forward to the Eternals film. I, I hope I like it. I hope Eternals is good. But these last two Marvel movies we've gotten this year, I, I've enjoyed. But they're not the uh, game changers that some of the Marvel films have been, like uh, Thor Ragnarok or... Captain America Winter Soldier and to expect them to all be that way it's kind of crazy uh, I realize <laughs> but uh, I, I just kind of want to put in context that these are good movies worthy installments in the MCU um, they're just not uh, game changers they're not like you have to stop what you're doing and go watch this movie uh, they're not quite there uh, Shang-Chi I gave it a B minus which is pretty fucking good uh uh, according to my ranking uh, or my uh, grading system. 
So if you're not wanting to make the trip out to the movie theater, definitely uh, check out Shang-Chi on Disney Plus when it's available. 45-ish days from now, I think it's the uh, window that they've got the theatrical release for. Um, but yeah, I, I think you'd enjoy it if uh, if you're just a general fan of uh, superhero movies and the MCU in particular. So uh, speaking of the MCU, <laughs> um, let's get into some Marvel What If, Marvel Studios What If. So following the creation of the multiverse in Loki's first season finale, What If explores the various alternate timelines of the multiverse in which major moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe films occur differently. So that's the... Uh, that's a key thing there. It's the uh, how things occur differently. Um, it seems uh, I've taken for granted how um, familiar I am with this premise. Marvel has their What If series. Uh, DC Comics has their Elseworlds, which is essentially kind of a fork in the road situation or an alternate kind of path, um, a choose-your-own-adventure kind of situation. Um, with these what if stories, they're, they're not part of continuity. Um, uh, I'm sure everyone listening to this gets it, but I've had people, uh, in real life, uh, kind of have follow-up questions that le- lead me to believe that they don't get it. I- I'm guessing it's just, uh, people overthinking it rather than just checking out an episode. The, and it, it gets explained pretty clearly right away by the, uh, watcher, the character at the very beginning of the intro, uh, voiced by Jeffrey Wright. And uh, with that, I'll just get right into the episode. And I'll stick with The Watcher. Uh, the uh, Watcher in this episode has more character development than he's gotten in the last three episodes. Um, he's just been a kind of a background character. Uh, just He's objective and just watches, um, which is his thing. He, he That's what he does. He doesn't intervene with anything that's happening. But in this episode... Um, it's the first time we have one of the characters in the story, um, interact with the watcher and, um, that's, that's new for the series. We haven't seen that, um, up until now. So that was very intriguing. So let let me start at the beginning here. This episode starts out the way the film does where Dr. Strange is a, um, successful surgeon. The, uh, the difference here is that, uh, he's dating Christine Palmer. They're an item. The uh, car accident that he uh, ends up breaking his hands is different as well. And in the car accident in the movie, he ends up breaking his hands. And and that's uh, how uh, his uh, career as a surgeon is is uh, is ended. Um, in this version, he ends up losing Christine Palmer in the car accident. She ends up dying. And that is the... Uh, inciting incident that um, leads him to become the master of the mystical arts. And um, this version of the character is just uh, overwrought with grief, and he can't let it go. And once he gets the Eye of Agamotto, the uh, the Time Stone, that's uh, when things get um, or start going down the wrong path. That's where he starts going down the wrong path. He gets warned by the, um, what's her name, the Ancient One. And um, Wong also kind of warns him to not go down this path, but he ends up doing it anyway. And uh, yeah, he's a very driven character, very um, kind of like Tony Stark. Is uh, once he goes down a path, he he can't just turn around. Um, it's one of his uh, uh, character flaws. 
uh, and he's super capable, so he will <laughs> just keep going and uh, most likely succeed, um, which is what uh, ends up happening in this episode. He ends up succeeding, but really it's uh, at his own detriment. And it's, oh boy, this is a very sad episode and very dark. Um, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I was, uh, let's see, I must have been like, so these episodes are like usually about a half an hour long. Um, man, like 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, I'm just, my mind is blown how much I'm uh, enjoying this episode. I, um, I, I just couldn't believe that they were going with this, uh, going this far with this premise. And I guess it's only because we're so used to uh, the safety, uh, the uh, the good-natured kind of um, approach of the movies that they uh, seldom go this dark where the entire universe gets destroyed and there's no happy ending at the end, happy resolution at the end. That's my uh, PG-13 version of a happy ending. Happy resolution, sorry. I didn't mean to get creepy there, but, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, wasn't expecting this to end the way it did, uh, which, um, I like, I like to be surprised. Um, you watch so many movies, TV shows, read so many stories that, um, those times when you're surprised by, uh, what a storyteller does, um, it's, a very refreshing change of pace. So one thing that kept going through my mind while I was watching this was, um, Christine Palmer character just not being able to be saved in this. Um, when I think back to the movie, to the Doctor Strange movie, uh, one of the things that's different in that story is that Christine Palmer and Stephen Strange were an item prior to the movie. So um, in this, they're still an item. And I'm wondering if that's how she gets saved, is that they don't move forward with their relationship, uh, their intimate relationship. They're just friends. If they're just friends, then maybe that's how she is uh, able to be um, spared from the uh, early demise that we see in this story. So, um, I mean, that's really the only big difference in their relationship um, from the movie to the to this episode. So, uh, that did cross my mind. Um, I... Uh, Man, um, it's so intriguing to see the comparison of the uh, the Doctor Strange we've uh, grown to know, and then uh, the uh, Doctor Strange in this story, the uh, Sorcerer Supreme, I think is what they call him. And um, I'm wondering if that's a character we've seen in the in the comics. I, I admittedly didn't read a lot of Doctor Strange comics growing up, um, so I'm wondering if that was a character. Or if it was a what if story um, in the comics before, like in a in the what if comics. So, um, but it seems it seemed like a very um, uh, fully realized character design, like the cape and um, just the way his visage, the way his face and his hair kind of looked uh, extra evil. <laughs> so um, it just seems like it, it might have been something. Or a character that had shown up in the books that um, our Doctor Strange fought. I really liked how the uh, supporting characters were used throughout this. The Ancient One, Wong, uh, Christine Palmer. Uh, obviously felt bad for Christine Palmer being uh, 
quote unquote fridge through this. And I guess that's the critique of uh, fridging uh, female characters is that they're used as the crux for a story. So uh, that isn't that's not lost on me. I, I get that that's kind of a shitty aspect of uh, comic book stories and stuff like that. But um, it just um, illustrates that uh, they didn't go that route with the movie. She doesn't get fridged in the movie. So I'm glad that uh, in regular canon, they didn't use her character in that way. Uh, they're using her in that her character in this way, but also we get more uh, character development in this um, when it comes to Christine Palmer. Uh, so it's a, kind of a give and take situation there. But yeah, overall, uh, I like the, uh, a lot of the uh, secondary characters um, around Doctor Strange. And and I, I did feel bad for these characters, this uh, doomed universe. Um, I, I even felt bad for, um, for Doctor Strange there at the end, even though he was the architect of his own demise and the demise of the entire universe, or his universe. Um, yeah, that was really rough there at the end where he's begging to watch her. Uh, but, you know... Um, I I appreciate that they went this far. It made for a very interesting episode. The alternative is it could have just been a safe, kind of boring episode. So, um, yeah, uh, so far, uh, this is, um, I don't know if favorite's the right word, but this is the episode that's the most memorable so far for me. Um, and like I said, at the very, very beginning of this episode, I'm a huge fan of the Doctor Strange movie. So that going in, uh, I was already... Um, I was already all in for that. Uh, I just wasn't prepared for <laughs> how impactful, how memorable this episode was. Uh, I'm wondering, um, you know, uh, these are this is an anthology series, but I'm starting to kind of feel like th- there's going to be like a, a unifying thread at, at some point um, where maybe the Watcher kind of does get involved and does kind of put together some of these characters from the, from, uh, the desperate, uh, the, uh, d- different, um, uh, universes and, uh, puts them together to fight like a, like a really existential threat, something really big. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm curious. I mean, this is early on, there's like nine episodes and this is the fourth one. So I think there's room for that to happen eventually. Um, so yeah, the, the the multiverse stuff and the alternate uh, realities and all that stuff gets played with quite a lot in this episode because of the uh, the time stone and the eye of Agamotto. So now it's time for me to gush even more about the animation. Um, yeah, this animation is gorgeous, and it it does this thing where at times it seems like it's very computer animated and you expect it to be kind of stiff in areas but then it's very fluid when the action kicks in it, it reminds me of regular traditional animation when the action kicks in so i don't know what they're doing but it's working and i uh, have a hard time finding things wrong with the animation um i am kind of critical that way i am looking for when when something's so good then i'm then at that point i'm starting to look for um for uh, flaws or uh, whatever tricks they're using. It's almost like when you see a magic trick that blows your mind and then 
then you're obsessed with trying to figure out how they're doing it because you know it's not real. So um, that's that's what I kind of end up doing when something's so good. I'm like, okay, how the fuck do they do this? Where it's convincing me that something that isn't real looks authentic. So um, that's a good that's a good <laughs> that's a good problem I think, and when it comes to uh, this kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, just. Um, very very happy with the animation and i've brought this up in previous episodes that i feel like there's kind of a animation um renaissance going on or the beginning of one um i uh uh when it comes to anime or just american animation as well uh just really really enjoying what i've been getting um right now i'm just finished up rick and morty I know that's really kind of rough animation, but they do some stuff on there that's um, pretty impressive at times. I'm watching Demon Slayer, and that's like top-of-the-line animation, Japanese animation. And then with this, it's just an embarrassment of riches. So uh, no complaints here. Um, so I think that's it for this episode. I, I think I covered everything that... Uh, I don't think I had any complaints. I'm sure this isn't a perfect episode, but I just couldn't... Uh, I was just overwhelmed with how much... Uh, um, throughout the episode to the very end, I was just blown away by uh, the storytelling or the story ideas and the execution of it, um, the animation, everything. Uh, especially that scene at the um, library of Cogliostro where he's absorbing all these creatures. Oh man, that was just an amazing kind of crazy montage. Putting the animation on display uh, beautifully. Just a very, very happy and um, it's only a couple episodes in, so I'm looking forward to see what else they got. They're going to have to have some stinkers in here because it's nine episodes. You can't really expect anthologies to be solid all the way through, especially with that many episodes. Um, I can't think of any uh, anthology series that didn't have its uh, peaks and valleys. So, um, oh, we just have to wait and see. So those are all my thoughts for this particular episode. What if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? When it comes to Mind Grenade, the next episode will be another what if before we get the guys back in studio. And that is definitely something to look forward to. There's been a lot of happenings in the world of pop culture this past week. So plenty to discuss. Uh, Till then, let me let you know that you can find a feed of the podcast at mindgrenadestudios.com. You can subscribe on iTunes or anywhere podcasts are found. So thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. This has been Hector saying so long and we'll talk to you soon.